Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in New Holka. That would be weird. Not just Holka. Was that close to old Holka? I'm going to have to assume so, wouldn't you think? Is that Chickasaw County? It's in Chickasaw County, yeah. That is my uh, grandmother's stomping grounds. I see, I see. Well, I know some good folks from Chickasaw County as well. So The new uh, Holka. Yeah, yeah. Big time in it. You know, they're just like, you know, Holka's great, but... Imagine new Imagine Holka. new Holka. It's like it's like the Abu Dhabi of uh, of Chickasaw County. It's just huge buildings and futuristic stuff. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, wherever you are in our great state, if you're looking for Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, just like we have it in Starkville and Tupelo, you can get it. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and you can order all of their great coffees, including the brand new and awesome maple bacon pancake coffee. That's right. Coffee tastes like maple bacon pancakes. It's going to be good. So you want to check it out at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. We are just a few days away now. I mean, it feels like, what, three weeks now until first pitch, something like that. I'm, I'm not even sure. And you want to be ready to head out to Duty Noble Field. You need new gear. Grab a new pullover, a new shirt, new hat. They've got it all at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. Flow it by the half shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. That's the place to be for lunch, for dinner, for brunch when you're in Starkville, Mississippi. No matter where you what 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 meal you want to get, the best ones available at Restaurant Tyler. They have the best blue plate in town. They have the best dinner in town. They have the best brunch in town. And of course, if you just want to grab a drink and enjoy yourself, the guest room around back of Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's one and only and premier speakeasy. Great cocktails there to be had. And, of course, if you want to eat there, they have all the great food you have at Restaurant Tyler. <clears throat> it's Rumblings Day, Robbie Falk. It's always a fun day. Uh, so I was looking at my Facebook memories today. Yeah, I saw that. I found that picture of us with Tony Schiavone. I saw that, yeah. And I just found a status from from 2009, which apparently I shared everything I was doing throughout the day in uh-huh. 2009. What were you doing? Um, I was watching The Hunchback of Notre Dame and Titanic at the same time. Wow. A lot going on there. (laughs) So on this day, 2010 was the day the Saints won the NFC Championship game. So like one of my statuses I looked at, it was something like, we're only six hours away. Please, God, please. I was actually just looking looking at that. Like I was complaining at all the who that statuses. Yes, you probably were, yeah. And um and I said something and I said something about, you know, this can't be it for Brett. Like you gotta pull some magic. He did not. He did, he pulled some magic all right. Where he threw it across his body right into Tracy Porter's chest. Ten years ago I was talking about how excited I was for the Royal Rumble party at the Nibblers. That's where everything kind of came together. You know, that's yes. well, and of course we're having a Royal Rumble party this weekend at, at the Robbies. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very. I love Royal Rumble party. I'm no mixing. Way. I'm mixing two different friend groups into this one. That can be iffy. I mean, it's just going to be. I mean, it's going to be a, a potpourri. Are you people. cooking or are we bringing food? I haven't asked. I think we're just going to. I think we're just going to pick up some pizza, man. 
Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bring something then. We'll uh, figure it out. I'll bring some gabagool. The gabagool. Gabagool. All right. Let's jump into the rumblings. Let's get into these questions. Colton Watson starts us off. State loses Randy Charlton and Tyrus Wheat <clears throat> this offseason, which makes you think State needs a portal pass rusher, but we haven't heard about State zeroing in a defensive end in the portal. Is Arnett good with what we have? Are portal edge rushers just hard to find? Or is Trevion Williams going to be that guy next year? Which of those three options do you think fits the best? I think they're good with what they have. Uh, I don't I don't know if Trevion Williams really fits is he that is he that edge rusher? I figured he was more of like a uh, Jaden Crumedy. Yeah, but like a defensive tackle. Well, I mean, could he be a guy who you know gets out there on the edge and, and gets some pressure? I mean, he could. But I think they're going to put a lot on uh, Demonte Russell, mm-hmm. some of the younger guys, Don Terry Russell, um, Sam guys like John Lewis and Ty mm-hmm. Cooper. Like I think they're okay with their defensive line. Yeah. If you, if if there's a difference maker out there. Then, go, then obviously, go. by all means, you get them. Yeah, but don't stretch. I agree. Uh, are any of the incoming freshmen for state hoops better scores than what we've got? Who currently on the team can take a jump next year? Who should we target out of high school that isn't in this class? Seems like a long ro- ro- rebuild is in works in the post Tolu era, unless we go crazy in the portal. Well, they are going to go crazy in the portal first and foremost. I mean, yeah, Chris Chance has made that pretty clear. He he's going to be a portal guy. He's going to try to get three or four guys out of there every year. I think the main person who's not in this class that State's going to try to get is Josh Hubbard, because I feel that when Kermit Davis is inevitably fired, he'll want out of his, he'll want to release from Ole Miss, and he'll want to come to Mississippi State at that point. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I don't see anybody that I'm just you know that I think has tremendous potential on the current roster to be that scorer. Yeah. So I think you're relying heavily on the guys that are coming in, and you obviously want to develop the guys that are going to be here too. Maybe those guys can develop into scores, but um, I'm, there's not somebody that I'm just like, yeah, they're going to, they're they're going to be really good. Yeah. So the the transfer portal is going to have to um, really come through for Mississippi State, and then the two, uh, obviously the two JUCO guys that are coming in, Trey Fort and Jaquan Scott. They have a chance to be really good, I think. Let's see here. Jeremy Martin has our next question. With Will being experienced, do you think it gives him an advantage with a new offensive coordinator or a disadvantage? He's got so much experience reading defense and knowing where to go in Leach's scheme. Does that help hinder or help? I, I think it can't help but help. Yeah, I think that it's going to be a good marriage between um, this offense and Will Rogers, honestly. I think he can be a better quarterback than this offense. Yeah. Just my opinion. All right. Broken Fairchild wants to know, with NCAA football not being released this year, what are your most anticipated movies, shows, or video games of 2023? I am not one that like gets out and looks ahead. Like I just find out the stuff's coming out, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see that. Well, um, that. A New Secession is coming out, I think. Okay. I need to watch that. I have not watched that. Oh, yes, you do. You'll, you would enjoy it. Um. What else is coming out this year? I think a Mandalorian new season of Mandalorian, Mandalorian is coming season out. Three, I will definitely watch. Um, House of the Dragons not till twenty twenty four. Stranger Things is not till twenty twenty four. Um, Outer Banks. I'm excited about Outer Banks. Yeah, I'm I'm a shows guy. I'm not really a movie guy. I like I'm I've really gotten into to shows. Yeah. So that's kind of my bread and butter right now. But like I'm looking here, you know, there's a those. new John Wick coming out. I might that might have my attention. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking I may be back. <laughs> Transformers, no. The Flash, no. The new Indiana Jones, I don't think so. What's the Transformers going to be? I mean, how many more of those can they make? Uh, it's a step back in time. So it's it's like a prequel. It's loosely based on Beast Wars. If it's not Shia LaBeouf, then I'm out. It's not Shia LaBeouf. Um, he's not in. What was the other one that you mentioned? The Flash. That doesn't nah, that doesn't nah. interest me. That's DC, right? Yeah. DC Ooh, hasn't been great. Yeah. Barbie with Margot Robbie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, they're doing another exorcist? Absolutely not. I will you're not. not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna join in. The Exorcist. You're not an Exorcist fan. I watched The Exorcist uh, once, and that was enough. It'd be terrible. Wasn't the, wasn't um wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie The Exorcist two or something that he was like tr- trying to force the the dude and the I don't know I need to bed yeah. to watch I don't know I didn't I didn't watch that series so it was it was I pretty wild to be honest with you all right uh, another one from Brogan if the defense plays up to its potential in the fall what's the absolute floor for our offensive pro- productivity for us to have the success we hope to have in our schedule I mean they just have to be good. If both mm-hmm. sides of the ball are good, then you should be a nine-win team. Like, if the offense improves its numbers from this year, this is a really good team. Yeah. If and what they, if they're what scoring they end up averaging points, on the season, like right at 30 points per game? It was it was in the 30s, low yes. 30s. So, I mean, if they're um, averaging 33, 34 a game, they're going to be fine. <clears throat> you have to remember, too, though, like some of those scores were – Defense, they had some special team okay, scores. Sure. I mean, they That's got some true. help on That's stuff. true about every team, though. Yeah, but it felt like State had had more. I mean, they had like what, like three or four pick sixes, they had a block kick, run back for a touchdown. They had a spe- they had two special teams touchdowns. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of touchdowns. That adds up. That probably adds a couple of points to your sure. total for sure. Um, they averaged thirty-two points a game. Okay. Which is solid, an improvement on the last two seasons, I think. Yeah, especially when you, I mean, consider, you know, look at their of their last what, their last five, six, six games, seventeen against Kentucky, and that's with a pick six, yeah. six against Alabama. Uh, they did the big game; they had thirty nine against Auburn, but that had a a uh, kickoff return in it. Uh, they had what nineteen against Georgia with a punt return. Mm-hmm. And they had the, what they scored fifty six, whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was against East Tennessee, and then only twenty four against Ole Miss, and then only nineteen against uh, Illinois, and that had a yeah. defensive touchdown as well. So I mean, those last they were averaging like over forty a game, I think, or close to it, until they got to the Kentucky game. Man, they were they were um, like fifty yards lower in, in yards per game this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happens when your quarterback drops from forty-seven hundred yards to f- shy of four thousand. You lost seven. I didn't realize yards they dropped passing. that much. Seven hundred yards passing divided by thirteen is like right at fifty, <clears throat> if I'm correct. Because they were better running the ball this year. Yeah, but I mean, the offense as a whole was was, was worse. It, it was worse. It was worse. But yeah. their point per game went up by two points, which but, leads me to believe that was the defense. Well, I mean, yeah, just go back to what you just said right there. So you had. I just listed one, two, three, four defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns. And then we know it against Texas A&M, you had two because Forbes had a pick six and you had the field goal block. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they had a pick six. Uh, there's another one in there somewhere. I think I forget where it was. There's, there's another defensive touchdown I'm missing. So Forbes had a pick six against Kentucky. I've mentioned that. I'm talking about going, going back into like the first four games of the year. Almost, uh, well, no, it wasn't a pick six. It was uh, Bookie Watson almost scored, but still, you know I mean, that's six touchdowns. Well, that's uh, what I told you earlier. You were like, yeah, no, 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 no. But everybody you're, you're, has that. Everybody no, does have was, that. I don't know if everybody has six, but everybody it has was more at state. I yeah. think it was more at state than most. Yeah. All right. Morgan Rhett Johnson. Robbie, and this could be like five people asked this question, so we'll just get it out of the way. Your thoughts on the new Hardy album and your favorite song off of it? Uh, it's great. It's it might. I don't think I've ever heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. And I like. I get some people don't like it. Some people don't like the country side of it. Some people don't like the rock side. Whatever. I understand that. But you have to appreciate the versatility in it and the uniqueness. First side of the album. First part of the album is all country. Then it splits in the Mockingbird and the Crow, and that that song is an experience in itself. It goes from country to rock, and the rest of the album's rock. There's a lot of like taunting to the country music industry, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so 
my favorite songs on there probably I mean, Mockingbird and the Crow obviously sold out. Um, Red, he did a song with Morgan Wallen. Um, uh, radio songs, pretty funny, pretty cool. Oh, it's it's good. The whole thing's good. All right. I know MSU baseball gets a lot of love, but how's MSU softball looking this year? And should we be expecting another super regional performance from them? That's going to be tough. I mean, they're replacing a girl who you could easily make the case is the greatest player in program history. Probably is the greatest program player in program history in, in Mia Davidson. And then you lost a really solid pitcher in Annie Willis. They should be pretty good. I think they're preseason top 25, but I don't know. I mean, I would not expect to repeat history. That's just me. Yeah, pitching's going to be big. Um, they bring back some good pieces from, in pitching. Kenley Hawk and Aspen Wesley are both back. Um, they added some uh, good hitters. They got some good young players that they brought in. You know, I, I feel like this, is, this program's kind of steadying a little bit, if not rising a little bit from, uh, you know, just moving from – I think just the fact that they, they went to Super Regional and kind of broke through that ceiling – was huge for the program and we'll kind of we'll see if they're able to do that but I, I like the direction that they're going and um ricketts is changing up to the the type of player that that they're bringing in they're getting away from a lot of these mashers these like big home run hitters getting a more athletic more versatile player um so that's been kind of a point of emphasis for them and yeah I think that that's the way to go all right uh, Caleb Hamill asks, what is one way the technological advancement has extremely benefited and been extremely detrimental to a sport? I think well, in, instant replay has improved the sport. Mm -hmm. It can it can be better, but getting getting a, a call correct or attempting to get the call correct is better for the sport just completely missing something and not having anything to back it up yeah. is, is not good. I, don't I think. agree with that. I agree with that. I feel like I, I do feel like sometimes that, you know, the, the replay needs to be a little more uh, streamlined. You know, it, there, there really needs to be a clock on it. It's like you have 90 seconds. Look at it. You got 90 seconds. If you can't tell, if you can't make a, a decision to overturn in 90 seconds, the, the call stands. That's just the way it has to be. I think that would be the case. But I definitely agree. I, I would say one of the main things that that you know technology has benefited a sport is through fans is, is the, the 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 growth of high def and 4K television. Because mm -hmm. now you can see so much more of the game. It's just more exciting. It's just more exciting, especially for sports, not just even for football, but for like hockey, you yeah. know. The way you see the puck, the puck flying around, I, I think that's great. I've definitely noticed that that's that's impacted attendance. Yeah, so sure. I guess that could be a negative. It could also be considered a detriment. And I would also say that replay, a lot of officials lean on it. They just yeah. they just say whatever they want, and then they they'll, we'll go back and look at it. You know, they, there really should be more of a focus on getting the call right on the field, and then replay is more to verify what I saw than to correct the, my mistake. It's like in basketball sometimes when something happens and they can make the call and, yeah. and within five seconds they walk right over to the yeah um, to the benches to or to the yeah. table to to get the replay exactly exactly all right David I, one thing I'll say about the you know right. whole like you're you're able to sit at home and watch the games and stuff mm -hmm. I think like I can see a major difference between high school sports because I cover a lot of high school sports in college and the fact that a lot of these high schools. Some of them have a you know streaming service or whatever, but a lot of these high schools don't. And attendance at some of these places are as high as I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I went to a game last night, Heritage and Starville Academy. And it was standing room only. Starville High School the other night they couldn't let another person in the door um, against Tupelo. It's just it's fun to see that in the high school. That's why I like going back and forth from high school to college. It's just mm -hmm. a different feel yeah 
Uh, David Wilson, with all the football talk centered with football talk centered around the tight end position in the portal, any chance we just look across the road and talk Cam Matthews into giving football a shot? There's been a lot of people mentioned this. I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening, but I could, you know, if he got out there and, and played, I wouldn't. He's a good athlete. High. He's certainly a good athlete. I think he could probably do it, but he has another year of eligibility in basketball, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, we saw that. You know, Michael Goler yeah. played. Um, who was another one? We had Deronda Wilson, but he was more of a football player. You know, he just happened. Yeah, to but I was thinking basketball to football. Lincoln Smith. Lincoln Smith. Yeah. Lincoln Smith. Yeah, both they of those guys. in football. Michael no, he didn't play much. Michael Goler, they they got some action out of him, and he Goler could have been an NFL guy, I think, if he had concentrated yeah. on football. He was that good an athlete. People that saw him in high school said he might have been one of the like top ten most impressive high school football athletes in Mississippi in like a twenty five year yeah period. Like yeah. he was incredible. All right, next question comes to us from uh, Rob Chittum. Random question. When you pick up a hamburger to take a bite and set it back down on the plate, do you set it right side up with the flat bun on the bottom or upside down with the top round bun on the bottom? Robbie, I've been eating hamburgers my whole life. I don't know anybody that like flips the hamburger and puts the round bun on the plate. Do you do that? I think, I think Rob might. Rob, if you do that, you're unusual. I just put it straight down with the bottom bun on the. It's called the bottom bun for a reason. I would. I the question I want to know is, and this is definitely not going to be answered by you, but for people that eat hamburgers, uh huh, do you eat around the pickles and then save those for last? Like I like to have as much stuff remaining on the hamburger on the last bite as possible. Uh-huh. I don't want to. I don't like eat. Like my daughter will open a hamburger and take the pickles off and eat them, like immediately. I yeah. want my pickles. Uh, like I like the anticipation of the pickles I got still you. being on the burger. I hear you. Yeah, I understand that. I can't answer it though. Obviously, like you said. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, Cameron McGee asked. This may have been discussed. So apologies if I missed it somewhere. But is there concern concern of Simeon Price transferring if D- Dylan Johnson comes back? Feels like Price has a huge upside for the next couple of years. There hasn't been any concern about that, but now it, you know I saw today on twenty four seven our good friend Steve Robertson reporting that you know it's becoming less likely that Dylan Johnson is to return. Yeah, I don't really know where things stand with that. I think the longer he waits, the less likely he is to be here because he's got to get in school. Yeah, he can't sit out, and the longer he waits, the more likely he's going to have to go to Washington mm-hmm. or a place like that because. A lot of schools are about to close that window yeah. to get in there. And you don't – nobody wants – I mean, I, I don't even know how that works. I guess he would have to take online classes. or He's going to have to continue to be in school and be working towards his degree, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can just sit out the spring semester. Right. So he's going to have to be in class. So, um, yeah, I, I know that he's enrolled in a class at Mississippi State, but that was set up. You know, I think he did that last year. So that doesn't really mean anything about his plans. It just kind of kept kept the door open, I think, for Mississippi State. But he's got to enroll somewhere. He's going to have to do spring somewhere. And it might end up having to be Washington if he doesn't make a decision soon. Hmm. Uh, one more, and then we'll go to the break. Blake Thompson asks, where do we see Parker Stinnett fitting into the rotation? Is he completely healthy? We're supposed to talk to Parker on Friday, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Seems to be healthy. Seems to be good to go. I think he's kind of and, a wild card, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's always had the potential. It's always been about, you know, throwing strikes for him. Uh, last year, he had some, I mean, those games in the midweek against Texas Tech, and I've, he started another game like in the same week, and he had like 20 something strikeouts in like two games or something. Like he he has that ability to be a um, a stud. It's just about focus, throwing strikes, and you know maybe this is the year. You hope because you got to have as many guys that you can rely on as possible this season. So um, seems to be healthy. I I want to say Chris Simona said on your show that everybody's mm-hmm. healthy at this point, as healthy as they've been basically because they had they had a lot of issues throughout the fall. 
with keeping guys off the injured list, but now they feel like they're in pretty good shape going into the season. Yeah, I mean, 42 walks in his career, 80 strikeouts. So the walk total's got to come down. Got to come down. Um, and that's, that's kind of been the, the issue. I mean, last year's struck out 49, walked 26. He had a couple of games, I mean, especially that game against Texas Tech, that where you're just like, okay, this guy, can he can deal. He can he can be a, a an asset for you. And then you had some games where I mean, he had a couple of games where he didn't get out of the first inning last year. Yeah, like that Georgia was, yeah. Georgia yeah. series. I mean, it was rough. Alabama, too, wasn't it? Or they only pitched a couple innings maybe in that game. Uh, he threw five and two-thirds. It was Arkansas. You're probably thinking Arkansas, of. okay. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah, so that – um. Texas Tech and Princeton that week. Yeah. Like he threw, like he Dude, threw the, the same week. Of the week. Yeah. He had five hits, one run, and 24 strikeouts. Yeah. In two games. And after that, he just couldn't do it again. I mean, he had the Alabama game was solid, and the rest was, you know, he just he couldn't last. So the, this needs to be his year. All right, let's move on into the rest of the rumblings. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you're looking to eat this weekend or when you're looking to play a meal for your family, you want to throw some beef out there. Put that on the grill, put that in the oven, put that in the pot, and make a delicious and nutritious meal for your family. Go to msbeef.org if you're looking for recipes or if you're just looking for information about the Mississippi Beef Council and the beef producers here in the great state of Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm on an official uh, smoked wings uh kick here. I need I need to get some smoked wings. I need I need I need them. It's not a want. It's not a want to need. So, you will be seeing me at Two Brothers in the very near future, perhaps in the company of Robbie Falk. You never know. You never know. I don't think I have to twist his arm very much for that. Usually it is. Yeah. Usually if you if you see one of us, you see both of us. Yeah. And if you see us at Two Brothers, you know we're having a great meal, just like you'll be every time you go there. It's the home of smoked southern soul food, Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service. Every business likes to promise it to you, but Advantage Business Systems can deliver it to you. And they've got 48 years backing them up on that. That's the kind of difference that, that their experience and their pride in taking in customer service gives them. They have all the top names. They have all the top products. That, that's the thing about Advantage Business Systems, guys. When I asked them, like, hey, how do you want me to talk about you guys, you know, do this this read? They, they were like, look, we have great products and everything, and we want people to know what we offer, but we really wanted you to focus on the service that we give because we believe it's top-notch, and it is. That's how they've stayed open for 48 years. Why don't you give them a call and see what they can do for you? The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I mentioned it earlier. We're getting close to the start of baseball season. It's going to be cold those first few games. It's time to grab yourself a new pullover and a new quarter zip, and you need to look at the collegiate collection from the Rogue for that. They've got great new styles coming in at all times, and they have the M over S logo. Don't worry about the banner M. When you're at the Rogue, they've got the logos that you, the fans, want. The Banner M, I'm sorry, the uh, the M over S, the Script State, the Walking Bully. That's what they've got on the shelves at the Rogue. So check them out at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop at therogue.com. Don't worry about living the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. All right, back to the questions, Robbie. What is a loss? This is from Reed Green. What is a loss in any Mississippi State sports that many people don't talk about? Example, 2004 Vandy in the 2000 uh, in the the SEC tournament. That is a huge Mississippi State loss that gets like lost in the sands of time. Nobody ever talks about. If State had just won that game, they would have been a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They could have avoided Butler and probably they really they really faltered there down the stretch. Yeah, well, it didn't help that you know a certain media member took Lawrence Roberts out at that game. It's a lot, Gene. I just I was going to try to you know, but you you said it, you said it. Um, what is another? What's a football game like that where, like, you, when you you don't think about it? You know, very uh, the twenty ten Arkansas game. That's a good one. That's a good um, twenty fifteen LSU. Twenty fifteen LSU when, when you lost, missed the field yep. at the end. That's a, that's one. Yeah, and the, your season's just different. You you they would have been nine and three. Yeah, you know, it's just a different kind of year. Um, 
would have beat LSU two years in a row. That doesn't yeah. happen much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. That that Arkansas game is a good choice, the 2010 one. That was the game that, that was State brutal. Should have won. Should've won. That was brutal. Oh nine to LSU. Yeah, that's another one. That's another one. There, plenty of them. You know, what people don't. The nineteen College World Series and losing to Louisville, the way they lost that game. You know, they had the lead going into the ninth, and and they yeah. couldn't. They got squeezed in the strike zone, and I don't think it would have mattered because I don't know if they could have Vanderbilt. withstood Vanderbilt. Yeah, but you would have liked to have had the shot. I'd like to stay in Omaha a couple more days. You know. Yeah, that was fun that times. Fun. So. All right. Uh, also, from Reed Green, would eight wins be considered a disappointment in football next year with everyone returning and there being eight home games? Eight is kind of my floor for not being disappointed. They go eight and four. Yeah. You know, it depends. It depends on the. You know, I got to know more about what A and M and Arkansas and Auburn and Ole Miss are going to be. Right. So, like, I, like right now, I would say nine and three. But if we get into the season and Freeze has Auburn just humming. And they get, you know, they figure it out. Then, I mean, I, I, you know, that game's on the road. It would be tough to say, well, you know, you should have won. It's always tough to win at Auburn. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, Arkansas, you're going on the road there. I mean, what are, are they the much road. better? They got they got Rocket Sanders is back, right, in yeah. Arkansas? And Teddy uh, Jefferson? I believe that's correct, yes. So, I mean, that's not going to be an easy – I mean, it's never just easy to play in the SEC. I right. mean, Ole Miss had a super easy schedule, and they still lost five of the last six or whatever it was. Mm. Um, and mo- most of those were against SEC teams. So you can have a super easy schedule, which I would say Ole Miss was Cape- Cupcake City, and they still lost four games. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Josh Patrick, how fun is it that we get to relive the Dan Mullen, will he leave or not every offseason, except it's with every player on the roster? <laughs> not fun. It is the opposite of fun, Josh. I'd rather de- I'd rather deal with Dan Mullen because that's just one guy. Just one guy. This is eighty five players that you have to keep happy, and that's a lot more like understandable, right? Like Dan Dan Mullen's looking at other jobs. Okay, makes sense. Why are starters in the SEC shopping around? Doesn't it never makes any sense to them? No, it's going to have to be like a, a a market collapse where people just everybody gets on the same page and says we're not going to give any money. Yeah. Until this changes. Or, you know, there's some kind of massive change in the legislation. But it's going to have to be the to the point where, you know, people are just refusing to give players money, which I think is I think it's going to happen to a certain extent, at least the the money that some of these guys are demanding. Yeah. The 13 million that was demanded or whatever by Jalen or Jaden Rashada, whatever yeah. like that was stupid. Yeah. Nobody in college football history should get thirteen million dollars. Agreed. But that's where we are. Uh Scott Ming wants to know, Robbie, how intense did some of those beach volleyball games get between Winston and Neshoba Hall at uh East Central? They were intense. Yeah. We would we would spend hours on end out there. There was nothing else to do in Decatur, Mississippi. You could go to Wards, you could go to Subway. Um, you could go to somebody's house and mm-hmm. and um do things, uh, or you could go to Newton, or you could go play beach volleyball right like two feet out from your dorm room and get into some you know serious back and forths with with people um for about four hours. So we had tournaments. I mean, we I mean we went all out. Just, I got you. Sounds fun. Fun times. Uh, also from Scott, my wife is going into her second trimester. We have one daughter, but we're also having twin girls now. Any oh, no. advice for twins or being outnumbered four to one? Well, I mean, the four to one, buddy, it's just over for you. Just over. My, so my wife is a triplet. Yeah. She has a sister and a brother. So my mother-in-law would be glad to help you out from uh, an experience standpoint. But it's it's kind of one of those things like I've always heard like once you get like three kids it's like you're playing zone defense yeah and it's it's kind of at the point where like you know it's just it is what it is like one's a handful and two's even more of a handful but when you get to three I, mean, I guess you're kind of used to it at this point but you're, yeah. he's getting this thrown on him pretty quickly yeah you might need to talk to uh, Brett Hudson that's somebody I would tweet at Scott tweet at Brett and be like I need some some advice there so goodness. My advice is get all the sleep you can right now. Yeah, do it now. Do it now. 
Sheldon Nation says he wants our thoughts on this uh, poll from The Advocate. What goes best in gumbo, rice or potato salad? So I wish these had percentages. It, it just has numbers here. But from what I can tell, better than 50%, just over 50% say rice. Uh, why, is this, why is this a thing? I don't know. Uh, it looks like about maybe 35 to 40% say both. Maybe 10% saying just potato salad. And then these are the real crazy people here, Robbie. There's a percentage, it looks like about 5% that says neither. What are you eating? You're just eating the gumbo with no no rice, nothing underneath it? Yeah, that's psychotic. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try the potato salad. I don't care. All right. It's it's obviously it's it's, something. It's impressed enough people that it's yeah. made this chart in the the advocate. Is that is that where it's from? And that's Baton Rouge a, newspaper down there. Yeah, the advocate. That is that is in the heart of Cajun country. Yeah. Maybe not. It, it can get a little more Cajun, but it can. If this is getting the, this percentage of the vote, you need to check it out. I've got to at least try it. All right. I mean, 28% says both. I mean, we got it. I'm going to check it out. I don't think you're a potato salad guy. I am. At least I'm, not. A mustard, I'm not. A mustard potato salad guy. Yeah. It's, it's got to be the mustard one. You can't do like a mayonnaise base with a gumbo. That would be awesome. Uh, it's got to be, surely. Yeah. All right. Steve Mormon wants us to grade John Cohen's uh, performance on coaching hires individually and overall. I mean, overall... It can't be much more than than I mean, Lamonis gives him a lot of credit, right? There's a lot of juice because he won a national title. But Penson was a terrible hire. Moorhead was a terrible hire. Leach looked like it was gonna pan out okay. But it, it was, you know, I think he would have been consistently solid here, but the ceiling on Leach was always gonna be what it was. Mm -hmm. Um and then we don't know. We don't know yet on Jans and Purcell. Yeah, I mean, the the early so, I mean, returns on both of them are promising, but we got to see how it pans out. The batting average is relatively low. Yeah, it is for sure. for John. But I think from a full athletic department standpoint, like the coaches outside of those major sports were were really good. Yeah, he did all right there. Soccer, good things mm -hmm. like that. Softball, uh, volleyball, softball. yeah. Andy Losick asks us, if they remade Cannonball Run, who plays the three roles originally played by Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, and Farrah Fawcett? So, so Burt Reynolds, at the time this movie comes out, is like one of the top actors in in Hollywood. A guy who could do both action movies and comedy. And got to be like a guy that's like, you know... It's got to be fun. Uh, you know, and you know, like the most, like the hand, the most. What, yeah. is, what is the thing with the People magazine? Like the most handsome most, man. Most handsome like, man. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got to be that guy. Kind of so I mean, so, that, that this year is Chris Evans. It can't, it's not him. No, because he doesn't have the. Is it Robert Downey Jr.? Could be. He's a little old, but that might be the guy. And then you get <laughs> what about um, what about what's what's the dude's name on Guardians of the Galaxy? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. That's what about a good him? choice. That's a good choice, Robbie. Good choice. He's been in he's been in action movies in comedy. He can comedy. be serious and cotton. Perfect. All right. Do we Dom go with Zach Galifianakis for that for Dom DeLuise? Or do we go I Jonah Hill? Galifianakis, I think, falls more in line with yeah. Dom DeLuise. All right. A little more goofy. Yeah. Jonah Hill is funny, but Dom DeLuise was a cartoon character. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what Zach Galifianakis is. Okay, and now we need the eye candy, Fair Fawcett. So um, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Emma Stone, Margot Robbie. Are they too young? Are they too young for the, for this? Like, no. like Jennifer Lawrence is twenty three. Jennifer Lawrence is not twenty three. Okay, hold on. There's no way. Hold, please. Jennifer Lawrence. Not She's like my age. Hold on. <clears throat> oh, she's 32. What is that? What? Did, what why, why did what that say 23? It says 20. How old is this? Hold on. Okay, this article is from 2014. How is that the first thing on the search engine? 
Good you need to be looking, together, Google. What you need to be looking at at some credible sources like Wikipedia or something. So well, she's was, 32, so she's she's a year younger than I am. Okay. So then, yes, Jennifer Lawrence would be a good choice. Margot Robbie would be a good choice. This is that okay? That you do you really want to laugh? And this maybe it's a little cruel, but I'm going to make the joke anyway. So this article says hottest actresses under 30. Now it's from 2014, but yeah. hottest actress it, it lists Ellen Page as one of them, who's now a guy. So, there you go. I had I guess I had no clue that Ellen Page was a guy. Yeah, she she or he has made the full uh, transition there. Wow, Juno, the the girl yeah. that played Juno. Yes, yes. And I don't want to get too far down this road at all. Like it's you know whatever, but I would not put her on that list at that time either. No, uh, I mean, no offense. I know. I mean, I know everybody's now. Got their Elliot preference. Elliot Page is is his name now. Elliot. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh Jay in Baltimore. There is no question Lane Forsythe gives State an elite glove at shortstop, but who is most likely to challenge for that position if he has early struggles at the plate this year? Forsythe's hitting was an improvement last year. He hit 273. He got a yeah, lot he got better, better late in the year, too. Long. So I don't expect this drop off, but if there is one, they want to make a change. Who, who do they put in it short? David Mershon. Yeah, that's the guy. You're really high yeah. on him. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. Um, and it's, it's hard to put a lot on a true freshman. So if if he gets in the mix, I think it's going to be more because of Lane just falling off the map. And that's not what you want. You want Lane to take that step, and then Mershon can get some midweek action, get some action late in games or whatever. But I think he's going to be good. Um, I would like to see Lane take a step and be your, be your shortstop. I agree. Uh, Cody Barton asks us, when we look back at the 2023 football season, which player out of the portal will have the biggest impact for State? Just off of what we know right now, because, I mean, I'll be honest, if they commit Ryland Good, I think it's probably going to be him. But I think his name is pronounced Goaty. Goaty? Okay. That is Ryland. apparently what it is. Okay. Ryland Goaty. We'll find I, we out need, for some We've point. got to get the record straight on these names. Yeah. Like, I, I have to wait and hear these names from the people themselves. I have to hear it, yeah. Um, but right now, my answer would probably be, I think, Kamari Rogers mm-hmm. and Freddie Roberson are probably your top two. Freddie Roberson would definitely... <laughs> Sorry about that. Freddie Roberson would definitely be probably my top guy. And we'll see on the others. Yeah. Uh, also from Cody, uh, did you guys ever try Bojangles when it was in Starkville? I ate there many times. It was okay. It was not as good as Popeyes. I mean, all those all those places kind of run together, and there's not many that are better than Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Um, service is better than a lot at a lot of places, but yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I went there a few times as well. It was solid. Yeah, but I mean, there's other chicken restaurants in Starville that I can visit. Yeah, Tanner Barton wants a preseason Omaha eight from us. Goodness. Uh, I think LSU, LSU will make it, and I think I Tennessee think LSU will get there will. this year as well. Yeah, Tennessee—they're gonna, you know, I know they're ranked, they're ranked high preseason, but mm-hmm. a lot of people are not talking about them just because the way they ended. I, they've kind of they they're kind of sneaking under the radar. Yeah, I agree. In some respects, even and that seems weird to say with a lot of people being high on them, but mm-hmm. you're just not hearing as much about them. Yeah, LSU I think will be in there. Tennessee I think will be in there. Stanford um, will make it. They're the best team in the Pac-12. I think Florida has a chance. Their roster is really good. I agree. A&M has a chance. Yeah, I would never count Louisville out. Right. Oklahoma uh, State. Oklahoma State's gonna be good. Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think you mentioned said them, but the, you know they're gonna be involved. TCU. TCU is always in the mix. Um, who's off the radar? I'm trying to. I'm just looking at the, the D1 top 25. Um, a team like Miami. I mean, they're just consistently good. Texas Tech. I never count out those guys either. Tim Tadlock. Never count them out. If Southern Miss had had done it last year, I would have said they were a sneaky team for me. Yeah, but they just. It seems like they they always kind of fall apart. Yeah, 
in the at the last minute. I think they. I mean, they got unlucky last year and they play an Ole Miss, who was the hottest team in the country. Yeah, but I, I think if they, they had just laid, somebody, they laid an egg like they, they did. They oh, they they, they, they so well against LSU. They absolutely did, but I, I don't know. I, I would like to have seen them play somebody else. I don't know. Um. Where are we here? Brooks White. I remember seeing Jordan Davis hurt his knee in the bowl game. I don't believe he came back in the game. Has anyone heard if he's fine and back? Maybe I missed it. I haven't heard anything because, I mean, it's the offseason. You know, this isn't the time we can, we haven't had a chance. We haven't talked to a coach. You you talked to Zach Arnett on signing day, and on that day, you're not talking to him about Jordan Davis. So, I mean, it's just, don't I don't think it was serious. And I I don't know exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a knee or ankle or what. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's serious. Okay. Uh, Matthew Watkins asks us, in 2024, would you be okay with just having Chris Parson, Mike Wright, and Freshman compete for the starting job? Or would you rather bring a starting caliber guy in from the portal? I think 2024 for sure State will go to the portal to try to find a big quarterback. Yes. I think that's definitely in the cards. You just can't – I mean, I, I like what – Mike Wright brings. I don't know for this offense is he if he's like you know a no doubt guy. And you're gonna have to go to the portal probably anyway, right? Because you don't you still want to get an experienced guy that can compete. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know where Chris Parsons going to be at that point. So um, it's just it's better for you to go to the portal, I think, and and try to get a a really good quarterback. I agree. Um, where are we here? Wade Jones asks, is it me or does my phone seem to charge faster sometimes? Could it be the charger or the power source? The charger, they make chargers that charge faster. I think it is a, a charger thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works. The charger exactly. I have at work works faster than the charger I have at home. Yes. And, you know, sometimes the charger in the truck might um, charge faster than, you know, wall charger. One thing that like I've noticed is if I if I charge my phone like at night at just like a random time when I'm just sitting around, mm-hmm. it'll do that like energy saving thing yeah. where like it'll say it'll finish charging at like four five a.m. Yeah, which is what it does. Like if you put it on your charger at nighttime when mm-hmm. you go to sleep, that's what it does. And I guess yeah. it recognizes the time and it's like, oh, this person is going to sleep. It, it realizes like you don't need your phone <clears throat> to be charged right now because you're going to sleep. As long as it's working, you're okay. Right. Yeah. And you don't want it to to expend all that energy being plugged in for right. you know eight hours. Right, right, right. Hunter Bowler asks, "What incoming Mississippi State baseball transfer?" Hey, before you ask that question, Louisiana Dog has asked fifty five times, "Could you please unblock him?" That was one of his rumbling questions too. Louisiana Dog, you said. yes. Is it you looked him up? Is it D-A-W-G or D O G? Well, he's got his actual name, I think, on here, or Thomas08780, who is listening to the show, I'm sure, right now. He wants to be unblocked. He's asked me uh, at least 50 times, and several of those have been rumbling questions that you can't hear. I think you've looked him up before, though, and you've Let's said see. that you will not unblock him. Well, I see a tweet from you here on the 24th where you said, I'd never guess you did something to get blocked and you have sarcastics, and he deleted his tweet. So my guess is he said something not good there. Let's see yes. what this one is. I don't know. He did something wrong to you. He did, for sure. This is excellent radio, too. I don't know what it is, but you know what? I'm going to stick with my uh, my original. Your office. gut. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Hunter Bolware, what incoming Mississippi State baseball transfer are you the most excited about this year? Uh, Colton Ledbetter, I think. Okay, that's your choice. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Mine is Aaron Nixon. Okay. Yeah, I state. I thought you know what what made state nearly unbeatable in the national title year was you knew if they went to the seventh with the lead, the game was over. That they yeah. were going to bring Landon Sims out, and that was it. If they could get Nixon back to that freshman form, I think that's worth five or six wins this year, for sure. Would be huge. Yeah. Would definitely be huge. They It'd didn't have anybody 
You know, Casey Hunt was as close as it got to having a guy out of the bullpen that you felt good about late in games. Yeah. And late in the year wasn't great, but that's what they were missing. Yeah. yeah they didn't have a Landon. When Landon Sims came in the ball game, it was over. Yeah. The only time it, it was As soon as you heard over, still of the night, as soon as you heard the guitar, the game was over. Yeah. The only time it wasn't over was that time against Tennessee when he came yeah. in just to get some well, action. The game was over. When, no, no, you're wrong. The game was over when he came in. It was already 12-2 to two or something like that. There's no yeah, chance. I, I mean, for Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was yeah, just like, wait, Mississippi State winning. Yeah. All right. Uh, last two questions. Kivas Wright, as of today, where do you think the baseball team will end up finishing? I think they're a mid-middle-of-the-pack SEC team. They'll be on the verge of being one of the top 16 to be hosts, but they're more than likely going to be on the road as a two-seed. Um, that would be – I think that would be a step forward. Yeah, that would be, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Next year, they need to be in better shape. They need to be competing to, for a top eight seed. But this year, yes. to go from last to being back in the tournament as a two-seed and in the top 20 somewhere, you're fine. You're fine. And our final question, we did not plan it this way, but it is appropriate. What are our Royal Rumble predictions? Got to be Cody Rhodes, right? Yes, no doubt. Whoever gets him in, in, our, in our lottery in our, or in whatever yeah. is He's the odds-on favorite. Yeah. he. And I wonder, like, is he going to be an early entrant? Is it going to be one of those things where, like, they want him to go the distance? They they need to give him a Ric like, Flair give him moment, a good run. Don't don't have him show up at twenty eight and 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 do that. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. I think that's the best way to go. And then, do we have? Any, I, I assume Reigns will beat Owens and keep the belts for another couple months. Um, he'll, he'll at least go into WrestleMania with the title. So, what do they do with him and Sami Zayn? They got to split them up and then have Zane and Owens is versus be the Usos, Zane? right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Zane and Owens versus the Usos, probably at WrestleMania, I would guess. I agree with what I'm not a huge Brian Alvarez guy, but I agree with what he said that if you if you don't put Cody Rhodes in the right spot there, then everybody's gonna be wanting Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. You, you can't yeah. allow that to happen. So that that doesn't need to happen. That's not a good matchup. Yeah, it's not a believable. Right. Match up. There you go. Those are our Royal Rumble predictions. All right. Back tomorrow. Football, basketball, baseball to talk about. Future Brian will be on with us tomorrow as he'll recap Mississippi State versus Alabama. Uh, That's being played uh, Wednesday night. So we'll talk about that, plus much, much more. Guys, have a great Wednesday. And Robbie and I will be back with you on Thursday. For Robbie Foster, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.